And good afternoon, good afternoon. I'm Len Tillum. I'm a lawyer. News Talk 910. You got legal problems? Here I am. David Brown, another lawyer, is here doing research for me. We got it covered. You got a problem? We want to hear it. We love those stories. Come on, you miser. Give it up and call the lawyer. 866-536-1000. What have you got to lose? You know, you're going to stay up all night tonight worried because they caught you stealing from the boss or else when is he going to pay child support? Your kids are starving, but he's got money to take his new girlfriend to Cabo. Come on. We want to talk about that. Bankruptcy, drunk driving. Your boyfriend, not only was he drunk, they found speed in his pocket. This 20-year-old genius, methamphetamine in his pocket, alcohol in his brain, but you love him. Come on, call in the lawyer, 866-536-1000. Christine in Oakland. Len, tell him, Christine, how come you're calling a lawyer? Hi, Len. Uh, great show. Um, in, in 2011, um, March or April, my husband and I financed a used car for him to drive back and forth to work. And um, in May, he found a better interest rate and refinanced the car all in his name. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he passed away September 1st of 2011. How old was he? He was 67. Young guy. How did, what, 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 what did he die of? Massive heart attack. So what? You woke up in the bed next to him and he was dead, something like that? No, if, yeah, if I would have slept later, that would have been the case. But, um, no, I called 911. They came. Um, he had a massive heart attack you, in I, the um, emergency room. I worry about that. I think of you. So what, you were like walking in say, honey, here's your coffee, and there he is dead in the bed, huh? Well, he was, he was very gray looking, and I just knew he wasn't well, so... And I had just gotten back from a two-week visitation of my kids back east. So, Anyway, what's going on now? Okay, so um, on November 18th, I sent the bank a letter and told them that there was no estate to probate and there was no insurance and I couldn't afford the car and they could come and get it any time. Now, wait, wait, let me get something clear. Yes. When you refinanced it, or when he refinanced it. Right. Did your name appear on the loan? No. Did you sign anything? No. Who Whose name is on the ownership, the registration of the car? Both of ours. All right. What kind of car is it? It's a 2005 Lexus. The big one or the small one? Big one. The big one. Okay. And how much do you still owe on it? I have no idea because I never got, I never made any payment. All right. So... Okay. Are they coming after you now and saying, hey, Christine, you got to give us money? Is that what they're saying? They want me to call them regarding his estate. Well, he didn't have an estate, and there was no insurance. So I had told them they could come and get the car. Yeah. But that was in 2011, right? Yeah, let me tell you what's going on here. Okay. Stop worrying. You do not have to pay off the car loan. You're not the borrower. You didn't borrow it, even though your name is on it. You don't have to pay it off. Plus... There's a one-year statute of limitations for suing on the debts of a dead person. And your husband died in 2011, right? It's been more than a year. Yes. So they can't sue on his estate. I mean, even if you owned a house together, they couldn't come after it. It's over. The lender 
the bank, whoever lent the money, has a lien on the car. You know, if you look at the pink slip, it says, you know, lien holder, it's the bank. Right, they have the... Yeah, so they, they the, the money is owed. They have the right to repossess the vehicle because the loan is in default. But you don't have to pay them any money. Okay. And if you want to drive the car till they come and get it, maybe they forgot, you could even register the car. Well, I have kept it registered and insured. Since. Yeah, if do you drive it and enjoy it? Well, I yeah, I had to put tires on it because the tires that, that came with it, it was awful. So here, here's what you do. You register the car. You can never sell it, and you can't give it away because you won't get the pink slip until the lien's removed. Right. But you don't have to call them back. You don't have to. I don't? No. This is America, free country. What do you have to call them back and argue with some dumb debt collector? Okay. You know, wait till they come for the car or they open up the letters. But if they call you, say, I don't want to talk to you. Goodbye. I'm, what you can say to them is, I'm not on the loan. My husband's been dead over a year, and it's over. Drop dead. Something like that, okay? Okay. Thank you. All right? I hope they forget to get this car for 10 years, and then when it's a piece of junk in 10 or 15 years, or the Lexuses last a long time, then they come back for it. I hope you enjoy it, okay? Okay. Thanks, Len. Thank you. And 15 of you out there are thinking, that crooked lawyer, the bank should get the car he told... Come on. You know, I didn't run for Pope. I didn't run for moral, spiritual leader of the world. I'm telling you what the law is. You don't want no rabbi or priest. You want a lawyer. If you need a lawyer, give me a call. 866-536-1000. Kathleen in Walnut Creek. Hey, Kathleen, how come you're calling a lawyer? Hi. Yes. Um, Well, I have a little dilemma. Uh, My mother just left. My mother and father left in the living trust. My sister and I and our four children, their home in Walnut Creek. Okay. Two of us, my son and my grandson and I live in the house. But the other three, my daughter was in Hawaii, but she's with us. I mean, we're not really against each other yet, but I'm trying to find out if we might be. Well, now, wait, wait, wait a second. Um, wait, wait, wait a second. When did your mother die? December 14th. 2012. 2012, yes. And your mother left a trust when she died, right? My mother and my father left a trust. But yes. is your father alive or he's dead too? No, he died too. Okay, here's the first question. Who is the trustee now? Who's the manager of the trust now that mom and dad are gone? Well, the executor, I guess, is what you would call it, is my son and my nephew. There are two of them. Okay, they're the trustees of the trust. Executors on right. a will. But that, Okay, your son and your nephew. Now, the trust says... And you and who has been living in the house? My son and I and my sister was living here because she broke her foot and she was going to stay. But then she went back to her other house because she could finally get up her steps. But she can't make up her mind whether she wants to continue living here or not. So I kind of have to go with her being... You know, not being too sure about it. So what that would be would be be three of us. Yeah, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. The trust leaves a percentage of the home to you, right? How much? 30% to my sister and me. 30% each? Yes, and then 10% to the four children. Okay. 10%. Okay. Now, and some of them are saying it's very nice, Kathleen, that you live in the house and wonderful, but give me the money and sell the house, right? They're saying give me the money, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, well... And the trust says the estate shall be divided 30% to you, 30% to your sister, and each of the four grandkids get 10%, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, ultimately, 
I'm sorry to tell you this, the home is going to be sold. You're not allowed to keep it in the trust forever. One, eventually one of two things will happen. If, okay. if you don't sell it or you're, you know, either one of the beneficiaries will take the trustee to court and get an order requiring the trustee to sell the home. Or the home can also be distributed out of the trust and, you know, they could do a deed that gives you 30%, your sister 30%, and each of the grandkids 10%. They could do a deed. And then one of the owners, even one of the grandkids who owns only 10%, can sue in court. It's called an action for partition to force a sale of the home. Mm-hmm. So, see, what's going on here is I bet you took care of mom and dad, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Just and, me. And yes. just you, and you're the one who kept them out of a nursing home. And look what your you mom. Yep. And look what your mom did. She made a mistake, and I hate to talk about a dead person, but I, I say this all the time, and I say it to my clients too. If you have a, usually it's a daughter who takes care of you and keeps you out of a nursing home. I bet your brothers and sisters they all have their own houses, and you have nothing, right? That's true. Yeah. So how much is the house worth? Right now on Zillow, it's worth about eight hundred twenty-five thousand. That's what. So one third of it is about two hundred fifty thousand dollars, something like that. So you're going to get right. two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars when it sells. And what are you going to do with that rent? How old are you? Seventy. Yeah, you know, you got to rent, and the money will go, and you might be eighty-five, and who knows what's going to happen. Your mother should have left you a life estate in the house. Said, look, Kathleen is taking care of me. I don't want her out on the street. The others can get the money when Kathleen dies. But that's not what the trust said, you know. So, um, I don't know why I never thought to call you to have a change. She would have changed it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, you know, you, you hear me talk about it on the radio. Any lawyer could have. I mean, Mom, here's, I see it all the time. We do trust. And Mom comes in, usually with the daughter, and... Mom forgets, or they say, you know, I love all my kids the same. I'm dividing it up. The four grandkids are each going to get $80,000. They're going to piss it away. What do they need that $80,000 for? You need a house, you know? So your mom thought she was doing a nice thing. In the meantime, you're screwed. So had your mom come to me, I would have said... what? Can I just ask you one other hypothetical? Anything. My sister wants to move in also. But that's only, that that's six, that, wait, that's 60%. The other four grand. 60 plus 10, that's 70%. So what you would do is, here's what you do. If that happens, you get the other, you get the house appraised. You could have, what county are you in? Contra Costa? Contra Costa in Walnut Creek. You get the Contra Costa County probate referee to do an appraisal. They're not looking for sale. They'll do an appraisal. And let's say it appraises at 800000 you say to them, look, take 6% because a real estate agent would charge you 6%. You take 6% off the 800000 And what's left, you buy them out. You, you've got 70% of the house. Even if you don't have much, you could probably get a mortgage. You got that? And then paying 30% of the mortgage, you know, just the interest would be less than rent anyway. So right. talk to your family and say, look, I took care of mom. I've got nowhere to go. And maybe your sister wants to live with you. At least let me live here for a while, and we'll see what's going on. But um, have they said to you, we want to sell the house and you have to move? Is that what they said, Kathleen? Just one of them. Just one. Just one of the grandkids. The, the grandkids. The grandkids, yes. You know, and that grandkid, is that grandkid a trustee or not? An um, executor? I think he's part of the executor yet. Yeah, the yes, greedy yes. one. Well, I was in charge of my mother and her. You know, that's another point. Why the heck? You know, by the way, 
you, the one who goes with their parents to the lawyer's office, I'll tell you, inside secret, usually the kid who shows up and goes with their parent to the, to the office, even though the lawyer talks to them alone, winds up being the trustee. You should have been the trustee of the trust. You should have been Snoopy and looked into it. So many of you out there, your parents do trust, and you have no idea what's in there. And if you're living with your parents... I didn't know what was in there, but I figured we would all be such a good family that this kind of thing wouldn't happen. I got news for you, lady. When people smell money, they get berserk. They forget about That's family. Give me the money. And you know what else they're thinking? This makes it worse, Kathleen. Here's what they're thinking. That ca- they forget that you diapered mom and you took her to the doctors and you fed her and you kept her company. You gave up your life for her. Oh, sure. They forget that. Here's what they're thinking. That Kathleen, that moocha, she got to live there rent free. You know, that's what they're thinking right now. Give me the money. Mm-hmm. There you go. So what did you learn? What advice do you have for people, especially for women who give up their lives to take care of their parents and live with them? What advice do you have for them, Kathleen? Make sure you look into every possible thing to take care of yourself. Yes. Protect yourself because your brothers and sisters and your nieces and nephews will not do it. There you go. See if you can buy the others out or just stall it for a while. But eventually you may have to move. Okay. There you Thanks. go. That was a good lesson. You should learn that, really. And if you've got a kid who's taking care of you, even if they're not living with you, make sure you take care of them too, really. Don't you have to give it to the sons who never visit. You don't have to divide it equally. God hasn't written that. We got more coming up. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm a lawyer. 866-536-1000. Live, local radio. I'm here till 4 o'clock. I'd love to hear from you. Bill in Foster City. Len Tillum, Bill, why are you calling a lawyer? Len, we missed you yesterday. Well, you know, the Pope was picked. I guess that's more important than my show. Listen, he's a good Pope. I'm not Catholic, but... Uh, I'm hoping know, for the I'm best, too. For I'm hoping for the best. They need a good leader over there after all the problems they've had. That's right. That's for sure. He sounds like... I like those Jesuits. They sound like good people, you know? Yes, great. I went to USF for a while, so I know. My daughter goes to USF. She oh. loves it there. I'm so happy with the education I she's went getting. I there before women could come there. I'm 91 years old, so I... Maybe you'll live long enough... After the war. Maybe you'll live long enough for women to become priests, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're in our late 80s, and uh, we have a child who's in his 50s, an autistic. Does uh, he live with you? Uh, no, he doesn't live with us now. No, he, he lives... Because uh, uh, we can't... Uh, we're in uh, San Mateo County. They don't have a thing for him. But in, uh, and in Marin County, they have a, a situation that's good for him. Well, when you he say lives. they have a situation, he's autistic. What, what do you mean? Explain that to me. Well, he lives in his own house. Mm-hmm. And he has a caretaker there for the days. And they do things. There's an organization in Marin County, which is an excellent organization. I'll give him a plug if you want me to. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it slipped my mind here. North Bay Regional uh, Services? Help me out. <laughs> Is it North Bay Regional Services? Uh, he gets regional services, right, from Golden Gate Regional Center, right? Okay, and okay. Yeah, uh, it's the, uh, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll look up before I hang When up. it comes, okay. Okay, here's the deal. We have a trust, our own, and in our trust, it's mentioned Larry Mason and for uh, uh, Mark Mason for... Um, that uh, he's autistic and he has special needs. Right. Now, do we need a special um, trust 
forehead. Wait, wait, wait a second. No, no, just let me ask a question. Does he get government benefits like SSI or Medi-Cal? He probably Not this time. He made a, he. Uh, Who pays for the work. services if he doesn't? He did enough work that he's getting uh, disabled uh, Social Security. Oh, he, he gets SSDI, Social Security Disability. Exactly. And he gets Social Security Disability. And wait, and he's been on that for more than two years, so he has Medicare also. Yes. Well, if he doesn't get SSI or Medi-Cal no, benefits... Not anymore. He did get SSI, but not anymore. So he doesn't need a special needs trust. Really, the purpose of a special needs trust for disabled people is if they get more than $2,000 to their name, they lose government benefits. Yeah, they cannot, SSI. he cannot have more than $2,000 in his bank account. No, no, wait a second. Wait, wait a second. He receives SSDI, Social Security Disability, right? Right. There's no means base on SSDI. He but gets. The regional center said he should not have more than two thousand dollars in his bank account. I guess then maybe the regional center gets government money, but if he can't have more than two thousand dollars in his bank account, wait a second. He gets, he also gets well. How much for housing? Okay, I would do a special needs trust for him. So a separate one. Yeah. Well, if you you can it, if you just say in your trust that my son has a disability, that doesn't make it a special needs trust. Well, he, he, it's mentioned. It's very, uh, Does it also say that the trustee shall first seek government benefits and, and things uh, like that? There was all this language on special needs. I need. think so. If I look it over. You I can have, uh, we do them separately. We do a trust in a separate special needs trust. But you can have a special needs trust in your trust. You, you can have a trust, and in the trust, there's a special needs trust for your son. Um. And I, I, I would have to, I couldn't tell you on the radio whether or not it's a special needs trust or not. It's got to say the trustee no, shall... mention instead of they have special needs. Uh, that's not know. enough. Does it say, who's going to be the trustee after you and your wife okay. die? Uh, we already, see, we were the conservators of our son. Now we're getting to the age that we figure if we can die or anything else. Does, does your so son have, excuse me, does your son have a conservatorship? Yes. He does, over his person or his estate, the money or him? Well, I think... If there's a conservatorship, he absolutely needs a special needs trust. Yeah, I have that right. Because we have uh, two people that are his age who are friends of his. One knows him over 30 years. One knows him about 15 years. Uh -huh. They are going to be the conservators, and they already are appointed by the court. Right. So what I would do, Bill, is you had a lawyer draft this trust, right? Yes. So... You could hire me for an hour to review it, but it's not necessary. Call up the lawyer. And you went to, a, did you go to like a, a legal Zoom, a trust mill? You went to a lawyer who's got an office and knows a lawyer. This lawyer is a friend of one of the uh, conservators. Okay, so you call up this lawyer and you say, look, is there a special needs trust in the trust? And ask him to show you where it is. It's not a special needs trust if it says he has a disability. It's a special needs trust if it says the trustee, those people in charge after you and your wife die, shall first seek government benefits. And it talks about all of those kinds of things. And if you go to my webpage, lentillum.com. I, I don't have a computer. Oh, okay. Well, on my webpage, if you can get to one, lentillum.com is a bunch of articles. I do this article, this column called Elder Advocate. It's in the Chronicle and a bunch of papers. I have a lot of information on special needs trusts there. But just call up the lawyer, and if he does trusts, did he do this as a favor, and most of the time he does corporate law, or he does trusts all the time? 
No, he's just a plain everyday lawyer. Maybe he does out of trust. Well, you ask him if it's got a special needs trust in it and where it is in the trust. And if you see language there that indicates, you know, first obtain government services and the money shall not be used to sup, you know, shall be used to supplement. Or else you could hire a lawyer like me who does it all the time. You can get one in Foster City, I'm sure. And you can review it and see it. You, oh, you know what? Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Listen to this. Here's an idea. Hold on a sec. Next, um, hold on. I'm going to be in Milpitas. Do you live near Milpitas? No, we're on the other side of the bay. Where Do you live near Milbray? Pardon? Do you live near Milbray? I can get to Milbray, yes. I'm doing a seminar with Pat Fatucci Tuesday, March 19th at the Western. Let me write down. Tuesday, 3 And I'm going to plug it right after we're done with this call. Wait a minute. Tuesday, March 19th at 7 p.m. Where? where? At the Western SFO in Milbray. Western SFO. As soon as we're done with the call. Anyway. If you come to the seminar, what time? Seven o'clock. If you come 11, to the seminar from seven, hear you. what time? Seven p.m. Seven o'clock. If you come to the seminar after the seminar, I'll stay around and I'll take a look at the trust. I can tell you in thirty seconds if it's got a special needs trust in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, yes. Now I want to ask you something. In our trust, it, would it be bad to put our son on our trust beside my wife or myself? I say that again. What? To put my son on the trust with my wife. Oh, we no, 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 no. He's not an owner. He's a beneficiary. I see. So he should not be put. Cause I was, I was, you know, Bill, you should get this trust reviewed. If you're asking that kind of a question, that, 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 it, you need it reviewed. You don't understand it. That's the problem. Okay. All right? I will, I will try to make it. If not, if not, have some lawyer review it for you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Len Tillum, News Talk 910. I'm the lawyer. Live till 4. Call it in, 866-536-1000. Kimberly in Walnut Creek. Len Tillum, Kimberly, how come you're calling a lawyer? Because I need some help. What's going Um, on? Well, um, we just moved into a complex that's been newly renovated, and the the first set of uh, bathtubs started peeling. So they have to send somebody out to recode them, and you have to go out of town. So when what do you wait, wait? What do you mean you have to go out of town? They said you have to go out of town because of the fumes. Oh, out of the apartment, right? They put these chemicals yeah, as pla- uh, a couple days, right? Because otherwise paper. it could kill you that smell. So all right, right. so go on. So our son was uh, graduating from Fireman Academy, and we went down there. He he was in Iraq, and then he went to Fireman Academy, and it was marked on the calendar where, when we were going to be gone. So. And it was marked on the calendar, we're going to come back for one night and then go to our other son. He's a fireman. Yeah, and, and what happened? And ceremony. What happened? So when they came in the first time, I noticed residue everywhere. And my mother was a jeweler. I noticed my mother's um, stones and ring settings and my beading and stuff was gone. And my gun, my great-grandfather's gun. Um, Did you call the cops? The police. You did. And they come in, they did a uh, police report and all this kind of stuff. Fingerprints were everywhere. And I told her, you know, my daughter's key's missing. Um, no, don't don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. So it was also marked on the calendar. We're going out of town for my son, swearing in ceremony. He works for Benicia Fire Department. And then we're going to the coast. We went ahead along with our trip. When we came back, they had lived in our place while we were gone. Who? Who did this? The people that were supposed to have done the bathtub. 
wait, wait a second. You're saying the people who were supposed to do the bathtub, they, yes, had, they the must have had, they had the keys to the apartment because you gave them uh-huh. the keys, right? So, no, I did not. How would um, they get, how'd they get in? They gave, they got in from my management. The management oh, office. all right. So. The complex itself. And you say they lived there? What, they slept in, they slept in your bed? Yes. They didn't sleep in my bed. They pissed in my bed. No. And their fingerprints is everywhere, but the cops can't take no fingerprints because they're all smudged. And we're talking white, so you can't wash it off. But big thumb right on my window. And my window's on the other side of my bed, and my door was shut. My grandfather's medal, my son's medal's gone. Dog tag's gone. What lowlifes? My grandfather's and, and the, picture. And, and the bubble frame, gone. And the cops won't do anything? Nothing. I mean, you said they had the keys. They were there. Wouldn't they even go and question them? That, I, when I called her back the second time, because I was livid. Yeah. And they, they even cut up the back of my brand new furniture. My husband and I are retiring. We went up to the coast looking for property. He has 30 years in the union. Our kids are gone. They're both firemen. Ugh. And, and we're, we're, you know, we're in our golden years. So wait, wait. If the cops won't do anything... Nothing. You could sue. I, I even called the watch commander. I even called her superior to to have her reprimanded because she don't take fingerprints. Nothing. Listen, you could sue the landlord for negligence. You know he hired those low life contractors, but I don't know if you're going to win. I can't guarantee that. I don't that. even care about that. I just want my stuff replaced. Who's going to do it? The landlord says I don't know anything about well, it. They said that the company is bonded and they. You have they to sue. Don't. Wait, well, here's what you have to do, Kimberly. Listen to me. You sue the I landlord. I can't find a lawyer. That- no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to help. No lawyer wants this case. There's okay. not. A, listen to me. You make a list of everything that's missing. You got it. Of every. I did that. And you total it up, and you sue the landlord for ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars in small claims court. You know, you sue him for ten thousand dollars or whatever the stuff is worth in small claims court. And I think that'll force him to deal with the insurance company. You don't need a lawyer. You can go to small claims court. Tell the judge your story. I don't know if you'll win, but it won't cost you anything, and you don't need a lawyer. I know, but we, we, uh, the, 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 the complex says that the, the company is bonded. Yeah, they bonded don't mean nothing. Getting the money. The way you're going to get the money is the company's I not going to. These insurance companies, listen to me, the bonding, the insurance companies, they want you to drop dead. They don't want to give you any money. They don't want to, they're not going to give you anything. You have to force them. And the way you force them to do it is you sue the landlord. He was negligent. It was his fault. And then he'll turn around and go after those workers and those, those tile people or whatever they are. Yeah, more stuff than 10000 My mother was a jeweler. So you, you can sue for up to ten grand, and your father can, your husband can sue for up to ten grand. And you should yeah. also, do you know the name of the company? Yeah, it's R&B um, Sue them too. Then here's what you do. You sue the landlord and the company. Sue them together in one case. You sue for up to 10000 and your husband. Don't pump up the amounts because a lot of this is credibility. No, I don't even care about that. I'm not greedy like that. I just want my stuff replaced. All Everything right. that meant anything to They're me not going to give you back your, your son for my racks medals. They're not going to give you those back. They're not going to give you back. No, I know that. You got to get some money. I, I, 
know that, but I do want them to. They tore up my furniture because of, of so much jewelry and stuff I had. I mean, I had my mother was a jeweler. Yeah, I got it. Listen I to had, me. You make you make a list of all that stuff, Kimberly. You make a list of it and you sue them. Get the papers from Small Claims Court. Call me back and I'll help you fill it out. I promise. God, that's terrible. Kimberly in Los Banos. Len Tillum, Kimberly. How come you're calling a lawyer? Yes, sir. I'm on how I might appeal a restraining order. A restraining order? Tell me the story. What happened with the restraining order? So um, I found a room for it on Craigslist in Los Banos, California. I moved there, and um, I had been on disability. I'm working now, but at the time, I had been on disability, and I still opened the application. Wait, wait a second, Kimberly. Kimberly, listen to me. Yes. Listen to me. Let me help you. Who got the restraining order against you? The housemate did. I had a the roommate. A, so you're not in the room anymore, right? You they you had to move out. Yes, sir. Okay. So the housemate said that. What did the housemate say that you threatened her? Um. Yes. Yeah, she she started a fight, and she turned around so that I started a fight with her, and that I threatened her her life and that she was afraid for her life and everything like that. Okay, so um, so she won. Did you have a lawyer? I did have a lawyer. I hired an attorney, and the attorney said, you will not have to go to court. We'll write the brief and everything like that. That's nonsense. We'll you, go to court for you. You need to be in court because you need to be in court because the judge has to see you to judge credibility. So was a permanent restraining order granted permanent? Yes, sir. When was it granted? Three months ago. Oh, you got a problem. See, here's the problem. You can't just file an appeal, which is expensive and difficult to do whenever you want. In a civil case, you have to file an appeal within 60 days of the notice of entry of judgment. So some notice was mailed to you by the court or to your lawyer. It's too late. And look, why are you going to appeal? You have to have a reason that the judge made a mistake or something. Why are you going? What's your basis for appealing? Well, I think that I really that my representation was not adequate. I think no, 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 no. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You can't appeal because you had a lousy lawyer, or you didn't bother showing up in court that day. The fact that you didn't show up the advice of the lawyer isn't enough to give you an excuse. You have to have a mal. Maybe you can sue your lawyer for malpractice, but I don't know what your damages are, and. and you can't just go to court because you don't like the result. So it's too late. It's permanent and it's over. I'm sorry you got a bad lawyer, but you got to get on with your life and let this go, okay? Absolutely, yes, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You take care. Thank you, sir. Have a good you have- good, l- good luck to you. Yeah, sometimes they give them bad advice and they say thank you. Most of the times they tell me drop dead, you know? Len Tillum, News Talk 910. You got legal problems? Keep it. It's too late. I got enough to keep me busy till the end of the show. Will you remember to call in early? Richard in San Francisco. Len, tell him, Richard, how come you're calling a lawyer? Good afternoon, Len. I'm calling you today because I had my first opportunity to be a plaintiff in a small claims action, which I lost. Mm-hmm. And, um, tell us about the underlying case. Who'd you sue? Basically, I, you don't want me to reveal names, I assume. No, don't reveal names. Yes, of course not. Uh, I sued an individual who I'd done various uh, residential-related work for, and uh, for a little under $6,000. Are you a general uh, contractor? I am a licensed general contractor. Okay, and did you win or lose in court? I lost in court. 
let me ask you a key question. This was about $6,000 worth of work you did for the guy and he didn't pay you? She didn't pay me. She didn't pay you. Was there a written contract? There was not a written contract. Oh. It was uh, accumulation of several little projects, all of them uh, $500, $600 apiece. It was uh, an oral contract of sorts. You know, this is a good billing lesson for you. I think the the reason you lost is... The law says you have to have a written contract for any contract work you do in excess of $500 in time and materials. Yes. And a Uh, verbal contract isn't enforceable. And here's some more bad news. You know, you lost. You were the plaintiff. You sued this woman in small claims court. And since you're the plaintiff and you lost, you don't have the right to appeal the case. That's, that's, all of that is true. And I understand that. Yeah. There's just just one little bit of information. Okay. Okay. about. Uh, when I went in, and I'm not a seasoned litigator, so uh, this is all brand new to me. I've mm-hmm. never done it before. I uh, walked into court and with, prepared with uh, email communications from this woman asking me to do these various different tasks. Mm-hmm. And uh, with uh, all my invoicing and receipts and all of that sort of thing. Wait a minute. Uh, let me interrupt you. How come yeah. when you finished one job, you didn't say, lady, give me my money. Get paid for each job. Right? Then you would have known right away she was a deadbeat. Well, she hadn't been a deadbeat in the past. I've worked for her since 2009, so there's a little bit of a history there. Mm-hmm. And she's always been quite good in the past. So what happened this time that she went south on you? Uh, the person who had referred me to her, uh, she felt that, she had, that he had taken advantage of her. And since I was the last person paid out, or that she owed any money to, she decided that she would, if you would, stiffed me as a means of retribution against uh, the person who she felt had stiffed her. Ugh. And in fact, she, in fact, she brought that evidence up in court, which had absolutely nothing to do with the case, and the, the judge entertained it. But the, the, thing, the one thing that I wanted to pass on and ask you about, when I approached the bench with my um, information, the judge literally said in the court, I'm not interested in looking at that, period. And so I was a little taken aback by yeah, that. No, you had a lousy judge. You really did. First I of all, he, he didn't. it's not really a judge. It's lawyers who play being judges in small claims court. You know, they're not full-time judges. They like to put on robes and get called your honor. All I can say is that this should be a lesson for you and that you get paid as you do work. And, you know, by the way, as a licensed contractor, if you had a contract, you would have so much power compared to a regular consumer like this woman. If you follow the rules, if you had a written contract, you could have filed a mechanics lien. You could have sold her house out from under her in a foreclosure sale. Without a written contract, all you got to do is eat your liver and it burns your ass. You got ripped off, right? And and justice is not a component of the... Well, yeah. Did God come and write on the wall who's telling the truth or what's fair? You got screwed oh. by a lousy judge. End of story. That's life sometimes. Oh, absolutely. No, no, I agree. That's, uh, that's I, so what did you learn from this, my man? Well, I learned that uh, there are lousy judges in the... No, uh, you learned get a contract, okay? And by the way, I don't know if the judge was lousy or not because the judge applied the law. And the law is without a contract, you lose. So I don't know what the story is, but I think what you should learn from this is get paid up front, everybody, and have a contract. Len Tillum, News Talk 910.